My name is Amy Abraham, and I am the host of the Bliss Podcast. Each episode will feature ways to find wellness and happiness in your life. We will explore different trends and approaches that support a positive well-being of the whole person, mind, body, and soul. With each interesting topic, I will be interviewing experts within that field as well as adding my own personal experiences. If you're looking for more happiness in your life, Bliss is the podcast for you. Hello, listeners. Today, I'm here with Amy Umsauti, homeschool teacher and mom of three. We discuss the new normal, the quarantine life. Amy has been homeschooling and managing a work and home life for the past eight years. Amy is also a family culture educator. Today, she shares her tips and tricks in managing your new quarantine routine. Enjoy. Welcome to Bliss, Amy. I'm so happy to be able to chat with you today. Uh, Thank you so much, Amy. I am really happy to be here. So, Blissners, Amy is a member of my Bliss tribe. We meet every other week with two other like-minded women to talk about life. (laughs) Our tribe is the bomb. We have supported one another in so many ways, and it's just, I'm so grateful to have met you, Amy. Oh, honestly, the honor's been mine. I love our Bliss tribe and the community we've created there. First, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about your life before the quarantine? Yeah, absolutely. Our family is kind of considered homebound even before social distancing began. Mm -hmm. So my husband, Sammy, he works from home three days a week, and he's been doing that for the past three years. And then as we're a homeschool family, the kids and I aren't exactly running out the door every morning at 7 a.m. Yeah. But the Truth is, we're really kind of an active family, even before um, the stay-at-home order while we were home. We were out every Tuesday on an all-weather walk with friends, you know, come rain or snow or beautiful sunshine, we were out um, on a hiking trail, and we run a homeschool book club from our house. We have a mama's version and a family version. Once a month, we get together with other families. Once a month, I get together with other homeschool moms. And we're on regular field trips. We're in a local homeschooling group that goes places together. And sometimes we just go to the post office as a family, as a field trip. So I do think there's a common misconception that homeschoolers don't get out much. But Mm. my kids, in a lot of ways, get to explore our town and especially parks and trails more than others might. Yeah. But for our day-to-day family rhythm, it's really quite structured because we have a lot to get done with three different ages. Our kids are three different ages. So um, making sure to balance everything. We have been very structured and it's been a great rhythm for us for, for at least a year. We've kind of stuck to the same rhythm. We wake up and eat this cooked breakfast and our kids are really becoming quite the chefs making their own scrambled eggs every morning. We try to keep this really low key. This is something like that actually my husband has made a really big effort in to just make this time hang out together. And we spend at least 30 to 40 minutes just really just being together, sometimes making jokes and, and just enjoying our time. Once we get um, through our breakfast, that's when we start that structured schedule I was telling you about. And my kids have 
two different blocks that they work through, their personal task list and their independent list. And this is something that I've trained them to be able to do so that everyone in the house can operate more smoothly. You know, they've got to clear the table, dress, hair, teeth, put your dirty clothes in the hamper. And they just go through this checklist every day so that they're ready for school by 8 a.m. or mm. back at the table. And having them be able to go through their own lists on their own, training them to do that on their own has really allowed me to be able to do things like catch up on laundry or prep schoolwork for them. Sometimes I need to have like a craft already ready before they get to the table. And this really gives me that time. Yeah. And in all honesty, that was working really well before quarantine. And we're doing all of this like, as a family, we're doing family learning. We're a big proponent of living books. We spend the majority of our time reading stories. And, you know, when we need to, we'll practice um, reading with my five-year-old on her own and 20 minutes of math with my eight-year-old on his own. But really the majority of our day is a one-room schoolhouse and we operate as this like very well put together ecosystem. That's amazing. Good for you. We have a lot of fun, and <laughs> I think that uh, the reason why is because we schedule it in. But so my whole um, – these questions you mentioned about life before and after quarantine were really fascinating to me because we have kind of thrown the whole schedule out the window. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So you live in Indiana. When did your family start isolating and social distancing? So in Indiana, the stay-at-home order was issued on March 23rd, but we have friends living in Italy. My good college friend is living there with her Italian husband, and she was reaching out to me on Instagram and telling me about the experiences she was having with quarantine, and that was the first week of March where we we started to really hear from her. Mm. And so Sammy, my husband, and I, we decided... Um, that first week of March that maybe we should be cutting back on the things we're doing with other people. So Sammy changed his schedule around so that he'd be at home every day. And he started officially doing that on March 12th. And that weekend we had a big birthday party with friends and family for our son. And after that, we basically self quarantined except to spend time with family who were also self isolating. Right. So we've been, I guess it's been a month. Yeah, us too. Yeah, I think like March 12th was when we started also in Connecticut. Yeah. So you said that your life has changed now. <laughs> your yeah. routine has changed. How has it changed? It's, it's definitely funny as someone who really thrives in routine. My kids thrive in routine as well for me to say, well, we threw it out the window and yeah. we're enjoying it even more. <laughs> oh my gosh, tell me. Uh, so, you know, right before the stay-at-home orders, we were looping these beautiful books. We're rotating them, and they were all really fantastic books. And this, But I sort of came to realize that this afternoon of, of reading um, wasn't really aligning with what my husband and I were talking about at night, about, you know, the quarantine and keeping our stress levels down and, and really just enjoying life. And I started to realize that even though our regular lives weren't wasn't dramatically different from quarantine life like we had this gift this calling to dig deeper I feel like that's what the gift of this quarantine was we're home together 24 7 now what do we want our days to center around 
So we got to talking and my husband's really great at this. He's always reminding me time is a limited commodity. Your time, your health, mental, physical health. It's really the only currency you have to exchange. It's all you really have. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about, you know, COVID-19, you know, as well as everyone that when you're stressed or not taking care of yourself, you're even more susceptible to illness and recovery can take even longer. Yep. And so this entire, you know, global network is combating this feeling of hopelessness right now. And we're, we were feeling it ourselves, even though we weren't greatly affected. So I imagine it's even stronger for those who are even more affected than we are. Yeah. So we just said we want our days to be less hurried. And that means no more saying to the kids, okay, finish this worksheet quickly so we can move on to the next thing. And Mm. saying more like, let's go take a walk. Let's take more bike rides. Get in the garden and plant something. And we wanted to really play with the kids more than direct them. And that's kind of what we were doing. And it was working well for us. We were directing our day and getting everything done and enjoying it. But now we're focused more on playing. So we totally flipped the script. Wow. So basically, if you want like the logistics of it, (laughs) we committed, we committed to the kids, of course, because this is always a family discussion for us. We're always letting them know, like, here's the plan. Um, We said we are going to, as a family, spend from nine to noon working as hard and as dedicated as we can on all of our tasks. You know, we're still getting a lot of the same things done, but we're really condensing that work period time. And then our afternoons are just for us for enjoying our time together. That's beautiful. So in the afternoons, what were they like before the quarantine? You said looping books. What does that mean? Yes. Oh, so maybe that's a homeschooler term, but (laughs) basically it means rotating. So one of the really cool things I've learned from the homeschool community, especially um, those veteran homeschool moms is you don't have to finish everything today. Like that's the beauty of homeschool tomorrow. You can move into the next thing. So, um, if I have a book and I want us to read three chapters of it this week, but for some odd reason, we only read one chapter, then I know that I'm going to loop back into it the next time I have more time. So we have a set of four books that we read a little bit from every single day. One is a geography book. It's a really beautiful story called Paddle to the Sea. And, you know, we've got an insect life book and all these books and we rotate them one and the other. And so we're always learning a little bit more each week through these beautiful books. But, Mm. you know, spring is here, the sun is shining and we're sitting on our couches reading to the kids, which is awesome. I'm a huge proponent of learning through stories, but we just were like, we don't have time to garden. We don't have time for more bike rides. And that's what we were wanting more time for. We were craving it. And we realized we make our own rules always, right? But especially during a pandemic, you can make your own rules during a global pandemic. Right. I think that's great. I think a lot of people need to hear that. Like, I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm, you know, I'm a public school teacher and I've been working with the students online. And my biggest message to my parents is, do what you can. Like you're in charge of your kids. You're in charge. Like here's their education, you know, that I can provide for you and for them. But there's so much more learning besides just sitting at their computer and listening to me all day. You know, take the take advantage of what I can give your child and what I'm responsible to give your child. But you're in charge. 
Like you're in charge when your kids do the work. You're in charge if they do the work. You're in charge if, you know, how much they actually get done. And I think a lot of people need to hear that they're in charge right now. So what I, the next question I wanted to ask you is that, um, you know, many listeners right now are trying to manage working at home, which they've never done before, maybe, mm-hmm. and teach their own children at home. So this is very new to them. And it was like thrown at them within like four or five days that this, this choice was not theirs. Um, what are some strategies you might share that can help ease this transition into a healthy new routine? So I think thinking about what you just shared about your old routine, I think that's the new routine that people are, are, might be craving. Mm -hmm. Like how did you manage the morning, getting the kids to sit down and do their work? And, um, I know you already shared that, but do you have any, any other strategies that might help ease this new transition? Yeah, you know, I do want to maybe plug a book here that's been really helpful to me. Julie Bogart's The Brave Learner um, has been huge for me in learning to believe that I am, you know, kind of the CEO of my own home. I'm in charge here. I set the rules and we create our own values of what we want our kids to be learning. And I, she has so many wonderful and beautiful ideas to get you started. So I'm just going to plug that if you want to, yeah. anybody out there is a type A like me and wants to read all the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me too. So before I jump into like a actual hands-on strategy, I keep coming back to this thought, like as we're talking and as I've been talking to other moms, um, the coronavirus hit our country at what has to be exactly the best and worst time. Like we were all as a community so ready for spring and yet everybody's been, you know, they've naturally been hibernating through winter and now the earth is calling everyone, come on out and we're stuck in this forced continuation of hibernation and it's really deeply uncomfortable for us because we've got this magnetic pull from the earth to come out and start really enjoying spring so there's a lot of anxiety just in general and a lot of unknowns but the thing is that spring actually isn't canceled it's still here and it has this really beautiful message for us i i really think this is what we're meant to be learning in this season we're being asked, what seeds do you want to plant? And I, I mean, that can be quite literal. Like I really want some tomatoes, man. But (laughs) what about the seeds of your family culture? What kind of shared memories do you want to create? And what kind of values are you cultivating? You're the gardener of your home. Right. And so I think that this is a really unique opportunity here before you take any of my strategies and run with them. I would love it if you took this time where you're at home and you could really say, I'm going to look around and and wonder what kind of home am I building and does it align with what kind of home I want to be building? Absolutely. I love that. I just wrote a blog post on my website about how we can use this time to reevaluate that like once the quarantine is over, we don't always, Mm -hmm. we don't have to go back to the life that once was. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe this is the time for someone to start, uh, training their kids and maybe they need to teach their kid how to fold their own laundry. I am a, I'm a huge child trainer. I love to teach (laughs) my kids to take on new skills and new responsibilities. I think that personally, well, it helps me, it gives me some time, but it also creates a sense that they are capable. And that's ultimately what my husband and I want for our kids. We want them to feel 
capable and feel like they contribute to our family in a way that actually means something. So we are always like extremely grateful when our eight-year-old decides he's going to whisk the eggs up for us and he's cracking eggs and whisking them for breakfast. But child training is really bonding and it takes some time to sit down with your three-year-old and say, here's how you're going to fold your pants and put them away. (laughs) And you have to stick with it. You can't just go, right, here's how I fold the pants and then walk off. You do, it does take time, but you have some time right now to renegotiate what roles you're taking and what roles your kids are going to take. So for me, if I was going to give anyone a, a skill, it's to give your kids the life skills that they're capable of. And we're talking about age appropriateness here. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't really have your three-year-old making scrambled eggs, but your <laughs> eight-year-old might be responsible enough to do that. And so taking the time, and if this is where you know, you're know you saying the seeds I want to plant in my family are to give my kids life skills, taking your time and creating maybe two or three life skills you want to teach your kids during this time, and you're going to help them become masters at it. This would be in the future, it's going to only come back and bless you more when your kids are putting away their laundry exactly how you want them to. Right. But it's also going to create a sense of community for your kid where they're going to feel like I am really um, well, uh, I'm a part of this community. Right. I'm, I'm a part taking of this care of my community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that our lives are so rushed. And even you saying that, you know, before the quarantine, you felt rushed and you guys were already home. <laughs> and yes. for us to feel, you know, so not us, but so other people who leave their house houses to go to work, they feel, I would feel, you know, they feel rushed also. So I think mm-hmm. that this is a, a, that's a great point, Amy, that this is the time to, this is the time where we have now to teach our children these life skills that we might not have had the opportunity or the time to do it. And I think learning how to fold your clothes is one of the most important things in life because, you know, I think I learned how to fold my clothes properly like when I went to college. Like, they, mm. I should have known how to do that way before then. And Ma, I love you, but I should have known how to do that way before then. I remember in high school, my clothes would just be either on my bed or on my floor. They were never in my closet. That might have mm. just been the age I was at. So another strategy that I like to use in my home is role-playing with especially the little kids. And I think this could be really important for anyone who's learning to work from home and they're really struggling. They're on that Zoom call and their kids are like, I need snacks, Um, which we have all been there. Even the ones that, you know, uh, are normally at home, they still have this coming up for them. But when we're role-playing with our kids, it's a game and it can be really silly and fun for your kids. My kids always, especially the little ones, and I'm talking about like five and under, they really think this is just so great. Mm -hmm. You can say to your three-year-old, hey, let's pretend mama's on a really important phone call and you have a question. What do you think we should do? And then really act it out and don't be afraid to be like really vibrant and silly about it because this is just going to solidify for them the skill that you're really wanting them to learn. So you could be like, the kid comes into the room and you could practice going, I put my finger up. I wonder what that means (laughs) and see what your kid comes up with. And a lot of times, they come up with the solutions themselves. Yep. And I find that really fascinating 
So if you're going to your three-year-old, oh, mama's finger is up. What do you think it means? And she goes, it must mean you need another minute. And then you're asking, and then what? And she'll go, I better go play with my toys. And I'm not (laughs) joking. It actually happens. It sounds like a miracle. But um, role-playing has definitely changed a lot of, like, of those sort of annoying habits that kind of creep up around it that feel like, you know, natural kid activities, asking for snacks every five minutes. <laughs> but when you make it silly and make it a game, and again, you're going to be repeating this because it is a three-year-old. So right. maybe you're doing this game every day for a little while and then finally it all clicks. But there will be that aha moment for them. And they now completely know what is expected of them. And they know maybe even what kinds of questions they're allowed to come into the room with and what kinds of questions they should go ask daddy about. <laughs> right. Or their sibling. They can ask a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we um, we do that at school all the time. Like imagine if, you know, Mrs. Abraham is having a conversation with another teacher and, you know, like, what do you think you should be doing? So and the, the key point here is to is that you do this before you have that Mm -hmm. Zoom phone call (laughs) because they can't learn a new skill in the moment they're supposed to use it. So Exactly. Yeah. No, that's great. Great suggestions. You're making me laugh over here. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now thinking about husbands and wives or, um, you know, partnerships or roommates or anything like that, what do you think, um, what's your suggestion for us to be focusing on right now as as an adult relationship? Oh, I would say mindset right now is it's so important for you to remember that this is not your normal life. We will eventually get back to our norms, hopefully a new and better normal, a healthier normal. But take the pressure off of yourself. Find some humor and levity wherever you can. And just really focus on being playful with your spouse during this time because it is a reset period. And One day we'll all get back into the groove of all of our things, but this is a gift that we can take for ourselves. And I would love if I saw people come together with their partner and write a vision statement for their family during this time and really reflect, what does it mean to feel like a member of your family? What does that feel like? And what kinds of values are you instilling in your children, either accidentally, because all things they are learning from all activities, or what are you purposefully instilling in your children? And I guess I couldn't stress this enough, but anytime there's a period of upset, you know, coronavirus or not, this is a chance where the universe is really telling you, you have a chance to rewrite the rules. And A lot of parents, a lot of people have been living on autopilot. Maybe you've been a chauffeur all day and night to your kids, but this is your chance to ask yourself why and who am I doing these things for? And talk about this with your spouse because you might find that some of your expectations for yourself are no longer serving you. And maybe those expectations were really just things you were putting there yourself and it's okay to break that habit. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's beautiful. I think a lot of times people forget that, like especially moms, I feel, 
that they um, they put on these all all these ideas in their head that they have to do this, they have to do that, but it's it's something that they created on their own. Like their kids aren't saying you have to bathe me tonight. Like you know, right? you're making that. And I that. I hear it from a lot of women. I don't know if I can make changes in my life or in my family because what will my husband think? And to that I say, go ask him. Yeah. Because we don't talk about it enough. We don't talk about our expectations enough and. I think that when you come together with your spouse and really write out a vision for what does it feel like to be a member of this family, you get this really beautiful juxtaposition of your beliefs and his beliefs. And I think that's only made better when you're doing that together. So what about listeners that are grown and their children no longer live with them or like people like me and Nick, like we don't have any children yet. Do you have any tips for us? Like what, what should we be doing in order to thrive through this new quarantine life? I think that's a really great question. And I think every parent actually has thought more than once, oh, what, what I would be doing if I didn't have all of these snack monsters chasing me right now. (laughs) But the answer is really the same for everyone. We need to learn to trust ourselves and take really good care of the dreams and hopes that we have within us. And so I would say that reflecting on the seeds that you're planting in your life and imagining that when the doors of the world reopen and it's your time to start, what kinds of dreams do you want to be creating? What kind of reality do you want to be living in? Mm -hmm. I think too, a lot of times people might be thinking, um, you know, that they're bored or that they're stuck or like now what, you know, I think that this might be an opportunity for people to think, well, what could you do to live a more fulfilling life? You know, is there, where's that book that you've been, you know, you've been wanting to read? Or if you haven't read a book in a while, pick one up. You know, if this is the time for you to, you know, enjoy things that you might not have been able to ever really enjoy before. Yes. I know you and I share a great love for reading and our reading list will never end. You'll never finish it off, but Um, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, just as a note, a lot of people don't know this, your library might be closed, but you can still access your books. If you have your library card, there's almost always, I want to say always, but maybe it's just not quite true, um, a digital option available through your own local library. Mm -hmm. Yes. And my, my listeners that live in Milford, there is, you can uh, take eBooks out in Milford, Connecticut library. Um, yes, that's true. I mean, I didn't even think of that. Like all of my books that I want to read are stacked here on my coffee table. Um, but yeah, seeking out new books. That's a great, great tip. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share, you know, with the listeners, um, any other strategies or anything else that's on your heart that you want to share? Yeah. So one of my big things that I'm teaching women right now is about habit hacking. And so if you have the time, I'll give you a really quick habit hack here. Um, just like with the kids, uh, your habits are created by triggers. These are things that make us follow the same patterns day in and day out. And so a really simple way to change your habits, if right now you're living in this, you're feeling bored or you're stuck and not really knowing what else to do, you're, you're stuck in this habitual loop. And so the easiest way to change that is to start new habit loops. And so it's really easy for us to start something new instead of break something that we don't like. So mm-hmm. what I would like to see, especially with all these moms trying and teachers too, like everybody's learning this new e-learning rhythm. 
And the simplest way to take out the stress is to find an anchor point in your day that's already well established. It could be brushing your teeth or putting away your breakfast plate. And this is where the magic happens when you turn an anchor, something that's already an established time in your day and to a trigger point. So you're putting away the breakfast plate. Now that's a trigger. You're going to go, you and your kids are going to go grab your own checklist And now you're cutting out the need for thinking. You're cutting out the effort that needs to be put forth. And it's really impactful for us as families to turn these anchors into triggers for new habits. Mm, I like that. A lot of times, so I can share a personal story for a trigger. After I finish watching, watching the dinner dishes, I immediately go straight into the bathroom and wash my face and brush my teeth. And if I don't do it right after I wash the dishes and clean the kitchen and I don't, you know, if I don't do it right then and there, I'll probably have a really hard time making sure that I do it before I go to sleep. So that is a new habit loop that I created for myself is after I'm done washing the dishes, I have to go straight into the bathroom if I really 100% want to make sure I wash my face and brush my teeth before I go to sleep. Yeah. And that's the easiest. If, if you're sitting there going, I don't know how to get started on something. This is really, truly the easiest way to do it. Find something that you already do, like you washing the dishes. You're going to put them away every night. You're going to wash them every night. And then just, you know, in, insert that new habit right there. And it takes away so much of the, the brain power needed instead of hoping that you'll eventually find the time for it. Mm, that's true. Hoping eventually you'll find the time for it means you'll never ever find the time yep. for it. So Amy, can you speak to us a little bit more about your business? Yeah. So I started the time we spend as a way to build community and help women, especially mothers create the map to their own unique family legacy. So I'm all about keeping things really simple, applying knowledge in everyday life and I believe that change has to start small, especially when you have your house filled with, I like to call them snack monsters, but really they are <laughs> <our> children. <laughs> so, you know, my entire method um, behind the time we spend is centered in joy, joyful rhythms and rituals, joyful mindset. And I really believe that when you add joy to your vision, nothing can stop you from building your ideal family culture. Thank you. So if people wanted to get in touch with you besides hacking our Zoom meetings, <laughs> our Bliss Zoom meetings. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Probably the easiest way is through Instagram. My handle is at the time we spend. Um, you can also find me on my website, thetimewespend.com or on Facebook. And I'm really looking forward to being able to connect with all your lovely listeners. And if you are interested in joining me for my virtual meetup, our next one is going to be in May. You can find it on www.thetimewespend.com and you can click on the May um, meetup and join me for free using the code BLISS. Ooh, thanks. I think the blisters are going to love that. So the website is thetimewespend.com. If you click on meetups, use the code specific to us, BLISS. Thank you so much, Amy. That's so awesome. You're so welcome. They, you are going to have some new, some new followers, Amy. This is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for your time, and um, you know, taking time out of your busy day to share your wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. It was really my honor. 
If you have any questions or would like to work with me, visit my website at amyabraham.com. You can email me at amyabrahambliss at gmail.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at amy 2 Abraham. And while you are there, use the hashtag amyabrahambliss when you are posting about things you learned from bliss. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share the bliss with a friend. Thank you so much, Amy.